Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am super excited to be with you today. In today's episode, I'm going to uh, answer a listener question. So Kelly submitted a suggestion, um, and basically it was about handling a large breed reactive dog. But I'm going to talk about considerations that I think are slightly different when you have a large breed dog, right? So training a large breed dog, living with a large breed dog versus, you know, a medium size or a small breed dog. Because while we're going to use the same principles with all sizes of dogs, let's be honest, if you have a large breed dog, it just is a little bit different. So I'm going to talk about that in today's episode. But before we jump into today's episode, I want to tell you just a few things. So one, We have a consent and care virtual workshop that we're going to host the first weekend of December. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you're kind of consent and care curious, join us for a live workshop. We'll include a link to that in the show notes. And then for those of you who maybe already have our consent and care virtual course, you will get a discount if you want to be a part of the live workshop since you already invested in the course. Okay. So if you are not already on our email list, you will be getting emails about that. And then like I said, We'll include a link to that in the show notes. So if you are interested, you can join us. As many of you know, a consent and care protocol has been a game changer for myself and so many of my clients. And Steph and I are really excited to coach a new group of people with a consent and care protocol. Secondly, we are going to be running a shop small sale at the end of the month and all of our digital courses are going to be on sale. So if you've been considering Trustworthy Recalls or Puppy Priorities or Adventure Dog Academy, keep your eye out for that because we will be running that sale for just a couple of days at the end of the month so that you can get your hands on that digital course. And as a reminder, you get lifetime access to that course. So you can even use it for more dogs that come into your life. All right, so let's talk about large breed dogs, shall we? So I just want to give a shout out to all you beautiful people out there who have large breed dogs. When I'm talking large breed dogs, I'm talking the like 100 pound plus department here. And I know many of you who have dogs who are maybe even 200 pounds, okay? So large breed dogs are wonderful creatures. I have had the delight and privilege of working with so many large breed dogs in my career. But I wanted just to share a couple of insights because I know that over on Instagram, I mean, just generally speaking on on social media, uh, there's a lot of focus on tools, right? Like the tools that we use to train dogs. And While I absolutely do not believe that any breed needs a heavy hand, ironically, I'm totally wearing that shirt right now that says no breed needs a heavy hand. But anyways, I, I really do think that there are certain tools that maybe I would use with a large breed dog if safety is really at the forefront. Okay, so I want to back things up just slightly here. So If you do not have a large breed dog currently, but that's your preference, you prefer large breed dogs, I think that if you have the opportunity to socialize, get a puppy, get a large breed as a baby puppy, 
there's so much you can do to teach them the skills and socialize them so that it doesn't have to come to a power struggle, right? Where like you're literally feeling like you have to hold back your 200 pound dog for X, Y, or Z reason. Okay. So I want to talk about some things that I would focus on in socializing a large breed dog. And then those of you who don't have the opportunity, I'm I'm going to get to you, I promise. Okay. So when we're talking about large breed dogs, something I definitely am going to focus on, and this is for all size dogs, but especially large breed dogs, is a lot of early socialization, getting them comfortable and or neutral around a lot of stimulus so that when they grow into big dogs, lunging, barking, all of that stuff is going to be way less likely. Okay, because in my experience, the large breed dogs, when we get into some of the reactive stuff, right, when they're grown, the lunging, barking, pulling, darting, that is really when things get kind of dicey. Okay, so when we're talking about large breed dogs and early socialization, you just want to do a ton of socialization in as many environments as you expect for them to exist in in their life with you so that they're not overly fearful or overly reactive to things. Okay, so spending a lot of time on early socialization. Additionally, there are two, well, two to three other skills that I think are really important to teach large breed dogs. And this is something that I know some of you listening have large breed dogs and you got them as a puppy and we work together on some of these skills. So I hope that this makes you feel good about the work that you did. But if you have a large breed dog, There are three major skills that I want you to consider when they are young. So one is working on leash skills, teaching them to walk nicely on a leash, teaching them that if the leash is taut, they need to alleviate that tension. This is something that is going to be so helpful when they quadruple in size because they already have this skill set, right? So uh, large breed puppies and probably teaching leash skills too sooner than I would some other sizes of dogs, honestly, right? So really focusing on that. Additionally, I think conditioning your dog to be comfortable in a harness or a head halter or a gentle leader or a halty, right? Kind of goes by all of those names. I know that in the positive dog training world, head halters really get a bad name. And I kind of understand that, but I still think that if you have a large breed dog, conditioning them to accept wearing a gentle leader makes it so that hopefully we don't have to use it. But if we need to use it, it's a very, very useful skill when you have a guardian and a dog who maybe the dog outweighs the guardian, okay? And maybe we're going to need just a little bit more recourse if the dog does start to pull. So leash skills and really teaching your dog to be comfortable in either a harness, like a front clip harness or a head halter, I think is really, really important to prioritize with your young puppy so that if you need it, you got it, okay? Additionally, working on teaching your dog to get in and out of cars or um, up and down stairs, okay? Because these large breed dogs are not going to be able, you're not going to be able to pick them up. Okay, like (laughs) you're not going to be able to pick these dogs up. So teaching them to get in and out of the car. So 
Shout out to some amazing clients. They have a Newfoundland. Her name is Darcy and she is a total gem and they are extraordinary human beings. But something we really focused on her with her when she was a youngster was teaching her to use a ramp. Um, actually, I think we ended up switching to stairs. But anyways, using stairs to safely get in and out of the car. Okay, so a large breed dog is going to have more considerations and some of like the physical asks than other sizes of dogs, right? So teaching your dog to safely get in and out of the car without jumping, I think is definitely something to prioritize, right? Um, and I think additionally working on that in other aspects of your life, right? Like if you need them to get in and out of the bathtub, train that safely when they're young so that as they age and they're giant, they could do these things proficiently and it doesn't have to come to you feeling like you have to pick up your 200 pound dog. <laughs> additionally, Large breed dogs, I really like to teach them some spatial awareness. So teaching them to either back up on cue, teaching them to kind of get out of your bubble, so to speak, just a little bit more proficiently, right? And like I said, we're going to get to some of the adult stuff if you don't have the opportunity to do some of the early socialization and this training that I'm talking about. But large breed dogs don't know that they're large necessarily. And I find that sometimes they do not have the spatial awareness that we want them to have. And that is definitely something I prioritize teaching my large breed puppies when they're young, right? So you could teach them a backup cue. You could teach them a go on cue. But I think all of those skills are really important and maybe not skills that I would necessarily teach to a smaller dog. Okay. So if you have the opportunity to get your large breed dog as a puppy, do everything you can in the early socialization and training department so that, like I said, when your dog quadruples in size, we have all of these skills that we can fall back on. Okay. So those of you who did not have the privilege of being able to raise your large breed dog from a puppy, and maybe you have them now, and maybe <laughs> they are already reactive. Maybe they are lungy barky. Maybe they are doing some things that are giving you some pause and making you feel like, um, how am I supposed to handle this large breed dog? So I want to circle back to what I was talking about in the tools department. Okay. So like I said, a gentle leader or a head halter is not something that I suggest for all of my clients, but the realities of a large breed dog who maybe outweighs you is that you are going to need a little bit more ability to control them if push comes to shove. Okay. So I really think that conditioning a head halter is a very valuable skill for a large breed dog to learn, especially if they can be reactive, especially on the leash. Okay. And when we're talking about conditioning it, we're just doing baby steps, right? We're teaching them to stick their face in it. We're taking that slow. Maybe we put it on them and they get to eat a Kong and then we take it off of them and we build up some steps there. Some large breed dogs will grace you and make be like, oh yeah, I can wear a gentle leader, no problem without a ton of conditioning, but ultimately you want to spend time making sure your dog is comfortable wearing it in order for it to be effective. Because if your dog hates it and they're constantly trying to paw and get it off, it's going to be more of a pain in your ass than it's going to be a help. Okay. So for the large breed dogs, uh, I think that a front clip harness can also be effective. It just kind of depends on the size and the severity of some of the reactive stuff that happens when they're on a leash. 
right? So I think that if you have a large breed dog who maybe came to you and doesn't have great leash skills, I would do so much repetition of walking nicely on a leash, teaching them to alleviate leash tension when they hit the end in really easy environments, okay? So doing a lot of practice and not that's not just for the dog, that's also for you, okay? So that like when you're out in the world, you feel like you're, you're gonna be able to get some semblance of what you've been training, okay? So the leash skills are insanely important for the, le- the large breed dogs because they're larger, okay? And there's that's just the reality of it is that like if they really get pulling, it could be very dangerous for you. And I'll be honest, I have had a lot of handling experience walking large breed dogs, okay? So like the 100, the 150 pound, the 200 pound dogs. And I'm not a giant person, okay? Like, so those dogs definitely outweighed me in a lot of circumstances. And it it gave me a lot of peace and a lot of perceived control to be able to use that gentle leader if I needed it, okay? And I'm not talking about dragging dogs around by the gentle leader unnecessarily. I'm talking about like those oh shit moments where we really just need to get the dog out of the situation. I think additionally, a martingale collar can serve this purpose also. Okay. And again, you know, in the positive reinforcement training world, martingale collars are kind of frowned upon, but I disagree, right? Like, I think that there is definitely a time and a place for a martingale collar. And if you have a large breed dog who can be reactive and that makes you feel like you can safely get them through the situations that you need to get them through, it's okay. (laughs) You can use a martingale collar. There is a dog who is coming to to mind. Shout out to Bondra and his human beings. Uh, Bondra is a very large breed dog who could be very reactive to dogs under the right conditions. And using a combination of the martingale collar and the harness was hugely helpful for Bondra's guardian, who again was not a very big human being, to be able to safely manage him. And I will say that they have made a lot of progress. So It's not coming to that as much, but yes, I do think that when it comes to large breed dogs, there are definitely different tools that I might suggest, especially when it comes to like leash pulling and things of that nature that maybe I wouldn't suggest if the dog was a little bit smaller, okay? That doesn't mean that I want you choking the dog out or like dragging them around by the gentle leader. I think if you're listening, you already know this, okay? Just a bit to be clear here, but I do think with the large breed dogs, the head halters, the martingales, those front clip harnesses, maybe a combination of those things is going to be very important for everyone's safety. Okay. So if you have a large breed dog, I think that it is additionally important for you to consider what is happening for their physical body. Okay. Large breed dogs have more impact on their joints. It is harder for them to do certain physical things. And especially if you have maybe just rescued a large breed dog, I definitely think a full vet workup, maybe adding in massage, acupuncture, chiropractic maybe even some sort of water treadmill therapy. A lot of times when I am working with large breed dogs who have reactivity issues, I always want to rule out that there's nothing physically happening for them that is uncomfortable, that is exacerbating the reactive behavior that we are seeing. I think that this is true for all dogs, but I think it is more important for the large breed dogs just because physically it's 
some of those things are harder for them, okay? So when it comes to the physical health of your large breed dog, I think that that is something that you have to prioritize in addition to working through, you know, positive reinforcement interventions, okay? So large breed dogs are wonderful creatures. I adore them, but there is the reality that they are bigger and that means that we need to have more of that connection, more of that training history, more of that ability to understand them and put them in situations where they can be really, really successful, okay? So large breed dogs take it's not different than how I would train another dog, but I think that these specific considerations you really just have to be thoughtful of. And like, you know, coming back to Kelly's example of a large breed dog who can be reactive, right? I think that that is a dog that I would probably be more thoughtful about putting them in environments where they can be really, really successful so that it doesn't come to the dog like lunging and barking and you feeling like you can't hold them back, right? I have another wonderful client who has an adolescent Great Dane who is actually in really great physical health. We were able to rule that out, right? He's in very good physical health, but he can be very reactive to dogs and being able to utilize the gentle leader and practice over and over and over and over again in environments where he wasn't going to put the guardian in a situation that they felt like they couldn't control the dog was hugely helpful in this training plan. So I think that with the large breed dogs who can be reactive, I think it is even more important to avoid triggers and get as many repetitions of responding to cues, walking at your side, doing U-turns, doing find it. I think that that's going to be more important just because you have less wiggle room because they are so big and they could pull you, right? And something that comes up oftentimes when I'm working with clients who don't know me, right? Like they don't follow me on social media. They're not really privy to like the positive reinforcement world is oftentimes they're using a pinch collar, right? A prong collar on their large breed dog. And this is something that Honestly, I don't change right away, okay? Because while obviously I would love to see the dog on a a less intrusive tool, the guardian has to feel like they have control over what's happening, okay? And if they don't, then I'm taking away their confidence, right? And I think that this is something that is obviously very controversial. In a perfect world, no. Like I definitely never suggest people use prong collars. But if a client calls me and they have a 200-pound dog and they're a 120-pound person and the prong collar is the only thing that makes them feel safe to walk the dog, I have to build up more skills. I have to build up more trust between the guardian and the, the dog before we can transition to a different tool, okay? So like I do not think that large breed dogs deserve to always wear prong collars, okay? But here we are, we live in the world and sometimes they're already on those prong collars. And I will say that I have had a lot of success over the years of transitioning dog and guardian from the prong collar to a less intrusive tool with a lot of success. But if you are listening right now and you have a large breed dog and maybe you're still using the prong collar um, and maybe you don't want to anymore, it is okay to feel more safe using that at this current moment. But I really want to encourage you to spend more time and energy doing practice of trained skills 
on leash in environments where you know your dog can be successful so that slowly but surely you feel comfortable utilizing a different tool. Because ultimately, the prong collar is is not creating the confidence and positive associations that we really want our dogs to have, okay? And while maybe temporarily it makes it safe for you to walk your dog, I really want you to work towards having the confidence in your dog's ability to successfully respond to cues so that you don't feel like you need it. Yeah. So shout out to all of you who have those amazing large breed dogs out there. God, I have such a soft spot for the giants. I really do. They're such wonderful dogs. But if I'm being honest, there are different things that I think we have to consider with those large breed dogs that maybe we wouldn't consider with a medium or small size dog. So if you have a large breed dog, give me a shout out. Let me know. Did you like this episode? Was it helpful? Everyone have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. There are loads of ways to support this podcast. Many of you have left reviews. Many of you have shared this podcast with your friends and family, but we've created another way for you to support this podcast by making a monetary financial contribution. You can choose from a one-time contribution or making a small monthly contribution to continue to make disorderly dogs possible. You can learn more at the link in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.